Last week I had a little post-Easter break and I went to see my family. I've got two nephews and a little niece um, and I've seen them progressively grow through different phases. They went through the why phase where everything is why, the sky is blue, why, flowers come out in spring, why. They now ask more difficult questions. Um, one of them, grasping that I was a priest, um, said, priests know lots of stuff about lots of things because they have to be able to help people, he said. Which I think means my sister's been telling him, why don't you save that question for your Uncle Dylan? Um, <laughs> so in the midst of me assembling yet again the car racing track, um, my eldest nephew paused and very seriously said, can I ask you a question, Uncle Dylan? And I thought, oh, what's coming? And uh, he said, why did Jesus rise from the dead? Now, how Jesus rose from the dead is a difficult enough question. I kind of answered that by saying, well, big people can do things that little people can't do. And God can do what we can't even imagine. But why... Now that's, that's another question again. And it's actually the question we see addressed and answered in the gospel passage we heard about uh, her today. So if you recall what happened before this passage, it was the two men on the road to Emmaus who had the Lord Jesus appear to them after his resurrection and talk to them as they were walking on the road. And in particular, as they were walking, he explain to them all the passages in the scriptures that were about himself. And then in the passage we just heard today, he appeared to them gathered in the upper room and he did three things. He reassured them not to be afraid, that they were looking at someone who had, who had died. You can imagine them being terrified. And so he says to them, peace, be with you. And to assure them that they're not just seeing an illusion or a phantom or a ghost, he then tells them to, to touch his body, that he has real flesh, and to asks them to he eats right there in front of them. And then third, this is my main point, he then gave them the why. Why was it that this had all happened? He explained the scriptures to them and said, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. I think one of the things that indicates to us is that clearly a big question the apostles had at this stage was why it was he had to suffer. That if they were seeing him risen, well, surely, therefore, he's powerful. Why did they, he then allow them to put him to death? And why? It was written. So what's the answer the Lord gives? It was written. God had said so, and so he did so. The other phrase he uses in this passage, to be fulfilled. Now that's a bit more than just something written down. There's a completion, a fulfillment of something. So there are all kinds of things that were real in the Old Testament, but weren't 
finished, weren't complete, weren't perfect. And what the Lord Jesus does in himself and in his actions is he brings to fulfillment all kinds of realities that were there in the old. So let me give one example, the example referred to in our second reading today, where the Lord Jesus is referred to as the sacrifice that takes our sins away. So the Old Testament had lots of sacrifices. The Old Testament taught by command repeatedly that you couldn't have sins taken away unless there was sacrifice. So St. Paul sums this up in the letter to the Hebrews by saying, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. And so the Old Testament had sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. And yet the Old Testament also said that these, these weren't good enough for God. That the Almighty, how can he be satisfied with a, a cow or a sheep? And so, although those were real things in the Old Covenant, they were looking for something more, looking for something better. Something that would be in the new covenant that was promised. So the Old Testament ritual had as one of its um, primary things the Passover lamb that was sacrificed every year as a reminder and reoffering of the, the Passover sacrifice. But there was a yearning for a better lamb, a more perfect lamb. So if we think of a question Isaac asked very early on in the book of Genesis when Isaac and Abraham went up the mountain to offer sacrifice and Isaac says to his father, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Where is the lamb? And there's a deeper sense in which that question echoed down the centuries, down the 1800 years that passed between Abraham and the coming of the Lord Jesus. Until John the Baptist sees him sees him there by the River Jordan, and John the Baptist says to the crowd, thinking that question, where is the lamb? John the Baptist says, there, behold the lamb of sacrifice. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So why did Christ die? He died to fulfill what had been promised. He died to fulfill what was present in the old, but to make it, to make complete what had been incomplete. So my nephew, my nephew asking why, my nephew who's now old enough to know that most answers to questions just kind of raise another question. And the answer we get in today's gospel is a bit like that, but it's, it's a true answer nonetheless. Why did it all happen? Because it was written. Why? That we might be forgiven. Why? That repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to this.